0: Good morning, and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Hi, Stacey. How are you?
1: Hi, John. I'm doing well. I am writing, writing, writing these days, so I'm sitting in North Carolina, which is very good. I'm not traveling, but I am spending a lot of late nights being up and enjoying my beautiful weather this morning. So, and how are you doing?
0: Well, you know, I'm, I'm over my head in writing, too. This is the time of year that I love and hate. I, I love it because... I get to write it, I love to write it, and I hate it because writing always feels like I don't know anything. And and so it's a sustained battle with uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, That's what it really is. Who am I to be talking about this? Um, And as I look at at the world of AI and HR technology, what I realize is almost nobody knows what they're talking about. Lots of people are solving small problems but but there seems to be a big picture that's entirely missing, and so I'm trying to get to that. And it's it's hard work.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the challenges I find with writing is that you know it's really hard to figure out how to say something that's useful, right? It's very easy to to write um, material that says this is important and you should think about this, and this is how you know the 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 data is coming uh, out. But it's it's much to kind of figure out how to tell someone what that information or how they might be able to leverage it and i think that's the part that that's really difficult for us so so i i can feel your pain we are both in the throes of this but at the end of this come this fall we will have amazing brand new uh, updates to our our uh, yearly research efforts right
0: oh i'm excited yeah and and it's going to be just a a wall of fun for me from from now till about the first of November is uh, um, it's John John goes to AI time. but but I wanted to I wanted to before we get into the news I wanted to talk a little bit with you about change management you're you're looking hard at change management and as we were talking before the show I realized that I don't really understand what the term means it's one of those things that 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 sounds like it doesn't mean anything, but it actually means something very specific. So so why don't you tell us a little bit about what change management is first and then let's talk about what you're seeing in the data.
1: Yeah, you know, you know, change management one of those things I think as you said oftentimes is um, it is deprioritized because it's seen as, oh, it's it's the fluffy stuff that goes okay. on along with any implementation or any big, massive thing that's happening in an organization. But um, there, there's a whole discipline around it. And those people who do research it understand the value of it. Our data shows it, how enormously valuable it can be. Um, but it, it is a lot of work. And that's part of the problem. Because change management is really all about Understanding what's happening in an organization from a technical uh, process and a cultural perspective, uh, documenting that in some way so you kind of say, here's where we're at and here's where we want to be, so you know what change it is you want to take place, and then uh, figuring out how you basically help an organization through that change. And that could mean communication, education, um, it could be a, a series of sort of um, ongoing event notifications, it's, it's developing a conversation what's coming in the future and getting feedback on that. And what we oftentimes find is that organizations think, well, it's just one a project, and you know, at the end of the project we'll throw in some change management training. That's not change management. And in some cases, our data is showing that that actually costs you more money and doesn't do you a lot of good um, because people forget the training and it's not valuable. Real com- continuous change, management, which is what's happening now with the cloud environment, is about understanding that there is change in everyone's life on a daily basis from a technology perspective you have to be able to give people a vision of where so and it's a hard issue right now because we are changing interfaces and technologies and approaches on a literally on an hourly basis in some cases
0: so so well, so, so so that was still a little fuzzy for me right that, <laughs> was, that was that was i still don't know i, I understood every single word you said <laughs> but I still don't know what change management is. So, 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 is there Are we talking about? We went to install Workday, and and we got through the implementation. And there's something that happens after implementation that's change management, or is this part of implementation? I, I, help, help me a little bit.
1: So, change what, management should. What's the difference yeah, between so,
0: implementation and change management?
1: so so there's a there's a big difference implementation is the the tasks of getting the the implementation done right change management is an element that should be in every implementation but it goes it starts before implementation and preparing people for what's coming and what's going to happen um whether that's through emails or Sessions or town halls right um, it start it it goes on throughout the uh, implementation, so you have to think about you know the the changes happening for administrators for employees, even for managers right so there's a, a an audience perspective through it, a marketing component to it right um, and then it continues after implementation I think that's the most important part that's happening now is that um, you know just like anything that we use on a consumer level basis it If it's in the cloud, and even if it's in an on-premise environment, it never stops changing. And and, and as as people get to use technology, then they find that they can do even more things. So you want them to continue to adopt it on a a more holistic level. And so you want to give them more details on how they can leverage it. So really good change management is about meeting your objectives is really what it is. It's the tool you use to achieve your key performance indicators. The technology won't do
0: anything if you're
1: using it. You know,
0: I'm sure it's because I haven't had enough copy. Let me see if I can spit that back to you. Yeah. First off, it, what, I think what you said is implementation is just turning the new software on. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah,
1: turning so, it on. Sure it works, yeah. Doing all the things, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 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 whether or not anybody
0: uses it is not part of implementation. This sounds it's,
1: like it's,
0: this sounds like vendor crap. That that <laughs> is, is the way that somebody here. Here's your new car, but we're not going to tell you anything about it. Um, well, do
1: you do, do they do they? I mean, when you get into a vehicle, I mean, nobody tells you you have to go to driving school to learn how to drive a vehicle. The 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 car- doesn't train you on how to drive a vehicle, right?
0: You, you, know, you know, I think I, I, I would say that most people don't really understand this about about contemporary software, that you just get a box and your job is to keep up with the vendor as they change it all the time. That's,
1: yeah. that,
0: that makes some sense, but wow. Right? It's what a lot a, what of work. What, what, well, what a crummy level of customer service. <laughs> right, and I'm going to tell you that it seems to me that that's probably driven by Wall Street because things that that take labor are marked down the, against the company evaluation. So, so anything that involves people and customers um, isn't valued as highly as software revenue. But you you, you end up with this, this situation that you're talking about. I, I have this silly little example from yesterday. I I was doing a webinar. Um, and you know I do a lot of webinars and 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 so I generally understand the interfaces of these things and this was a Webex webinar and there was somebody from Webex who was the host of the webinar and somebody from the company that was sponsoring the webinar and me on the phone on on, on the Webex thing and there was a new interface and nobody could figure out how to use it. The, the the employee couldn't, the customer couldn't, I couldn't, and um, we spent a half an hour trying to understand what the interface was, and, and I assume that's a kind of a normal phenomena and that what you're talking about in change management is like like a team that prepares warnings that says, oh, you know, you really ought to look at your software because it's different today.
1: Yes. Is, <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? That's... I think you know part of the challenge that we 're facing in this new world is we the whole world is over right uh, you' you're overwhelmed with in email tweets and you know direct messages and everything else that could that could communicate to you because everyone's trying to get their message through um, and so when it's an important message about something that could impact your paycheck or could impact your you know your benefits or or could have an impact on your ability to to you know give someone you know a uh, 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 or move their career forward. Um, you know that oftentimes get. I mean, uh, like I, I had mentioned um, weeks ago, that I was at a users group where the every on the table. You know, these were were um ten, fifteen different companies using a new cloud technology. Every one of them were saying, "Look, I can't communicate to my company because my company." basically restricts emails and information that it has to come from our central repository in our communications department. So I can't tell people when things are changing or when they're coming. And I'm like, well, so is email the only tool you can use? And, you know, the commentary kind of went on from there, right? So so I think the conversation is, how do you do change management in this new world? And that's the piece that we're starting to to hear people try and figure out, right?
0: wow so 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 this is different. It used to be that when you bought a piece of enterprise software, an implementation team came with it, and they did all this stuff and And now, in the world of saAS technology, that becomes the company's responsibility.
1: Well, yeah, because the implementation team goes away, right? And this ch- technology continues to change. Well, you, you
0: so, know, it, it's my it's my understanding that often the implementation team never went away. Um, <laughs> uh, that 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 one of the great promises of uh, of of SaaS software was that the implement implementation team would go away.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 that that promise actually come true to some extent we're you know our data and i think every other big implementation is shorter and you're seeing especially if you're using third parties where those third parties might stay around for a long time afterwards oftentimes at least in the current state they're being um they're doing the implementation and then leaving and what's happening is the companies are finding they are they are not well prepared to maintain the level of communication and education and updating in these systems. Uh, Now, I think, you know, the SIs, that's an opportunity, you know, system integrators, uh, them to uh, add some additional um, services, but still, I think that requires, you know, a little bit more about knowing the company than just knowing the software, right?
0: This is is fertile grounds. I mean, it sounds to me, you know, I'm in the middle of writing, Um, I'm only halfway through my first cup of coffee, but this sounds like the great swindle to me.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think what will be interesting in your, your research, John, is at what point, and this is one of the things I said, you know, how much of what we are doing in HR technology that we've been told is important year over year, and for some reason it's not happening, um, is the fact that maybe shouldn't ever happen. And maybe, you know, the artificial intelligence and the machine learning will eventually um, reduce our need to think about things like logging into a screen and knowing where to hit a button and um, understanding, you know, what data needs to go into what field, because that what change management is about right now. Um, And hopefully it will be about how we actually use the information. So maybe, maybe we'll leapfrog it through your research. Let's cross our fingers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm not sure that I think so. I mean, again, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm deep into it and, and this is not a conclusion. This is more of a question, but it looks to me like, the problem that we're talking about is going to get much worse. <laughs> not better, yeah. not better, because, because what's happening, with, what's happening with, with the AI stuff is that it's getting good at accelerating the pace at which you can figure out that something needs to be improved. So the changes that you see that have to be change managed are going to come faster. And in higher volumes. Because because we're going to be continuously learning about everything all at once. Wow. Right. So so I, I I'm arriving at the conclusion, by the way, I'm arriving at the conclusion that nobody's going to lose their job because of AI. <laughs> yes, I I agree
1: with that one, yeah. <laughs> you, you know,
0: nobody. Nobody's going to lose their job because of AI. Because if you think about the the big example that people use,
1: long distance
0: truck drivers, there's going to have to be somebody in the in the truck, even if they don't have anything to do because of liability, because the truck is only going to be able to be, um, you know, 99.99% accurate, um, and which means it's going to run over somebody. Um, and and because it is a liability problem, the company that built the truck will be responsible for that liability um, unless there is a driver from the company that bought the truck there. Hmm. right And so so the driver who from the company who bought the truck is going to sit in there and try to make sure that the machine doesn't run over somebody. That's the job. I hope
1: they're not asleep at that point in time, right? Like the right, exactly yeah the biker and with the uh it was was it tesla um or no i think it was ubers uh autonomous driving uh, car yep
0: yeah so you can't get rid of the drivers right you can you can you can take away all the work but you can't get rid of the worker because because the work is not just the role the work is a container for liability it's it's a container for control it's a safety issue um, and so, so I, I today. This morning, it may change tomorrow. Like the interface. Um, <laughs> I mean, what if what if every time we got on the phone, I changed my mind about what I said yesterday? That sounds like <laughs> what the relationship is with software. Oh yeah, you know that stuff yesterday. It was wrong. Learn how to do yeah. it a new way.
1: Welcome to, to SaaS technology. Change um, management, our,
0: this, is, this, is, this is code for you need Thorazine to go
1: to work. <laughs> Expert advice from John Sumser on your uh, weekly HR tech conversation.
0: <laughs> Jeez. So what's in the bail Stacey? I think we've kicked, kicked the change management horse for a little bit, although I'd like to return because yeah. th- this is change management is another way of saying there's something really wrong going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get more into that, uh, I, I, you know, when as as we start rolling our research out. So I think we'll definitely have some more conversations on it. But, but outside from our conversation, there is a full mailbag this week. We have a lot of change happening. It seems like everybody came back from vacation and just dove into um, – uh, various things in the hr technology space so um we have a big acquisition uh, this week from adp adp acquired salergo um, uh, their global pay uh payroll um, aggregator. Um, we also saw that um, Workday announced its completion of the acquisition of an Adaptive Insights. It, it, completions we don't always mention, but I think this one is interesting because um, they are going to be positioning Adaptive Insights now as a Adaptive Insights, a Workday company, which is a different approach for uh, Workday instead of sort of um, you know, pulling them right into the Workday environment. Um, Bull, Bullhorn acquired In- I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. You probably have heard of them a little bit more, um, to help executive search firms grow and thrive. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We also saw uh, salary.com merging with CompData. That's a big one. I'm going to create the third largest uh, database of salary uh, um, benchmarking details. Um, we are also got some funding this week, um, $40 million for Culture CultureAmp. Um, and their Series D funding for those who follow sort of the engagement and culture world. We also saw Gusto raise $140 million in Series D funding for a payroll and HR platform. Most people probably don't know Gusto. I've only run across them once or twice. They're primarily uh, in an SMB market, but $100 million is, is pretty big. Um, we also saw League, which is sort of a wellness um, application, online platform raised $47 million in their Series B, um, uh, with the focus of fixing corporate healthcare benefits. Um, and then we also saw Genesis, uh, Talent, and Recruiter.com announce a global partnership, um, which I think will be interesting to watch. Um, PlanSource had its big Eclipse event, some updates and announcements there. And then, Boy, if we have time, but I don't think we're going to get it. There's some great conversations here about micro learning from Exonify's new study on micro learning and robotic process automation. Um, and the 29 jobs with the best work life balance, and the number one one was corporate recruiters. I don't know if our corporate recruiter friends would agree with that, John. But so it's a, oh, it a big yeah. list today. Oh my
0: God, let's, let's start there. The 29 <laughs> jobs with the best work life balance and re- yes. corporate recruiters are at the top of the list.
1: That's a <laughs> the, the list. I know I was I I, was, that, I, I had to laugh a little bit. I did tweet this out last night when I was when I was looking at things. Uh, this is on the employee benefit uh, Advisor. It's a nice little sort of site that that does some great aggregating of content and information in the benefits place. But they had come across a, a series of research being done about employee satisfaction and work life balance and rated various jobs. Many of the jobs are jobs I've had, like librarian and <laughs> um, creative manager and research. Th- so obviously I've I've followed the work life balance uh funnel, but the number one job was recruiting a corporate recruiter, which I thought was so, hysterical.
0: So what constitutes work life balance? Do you have any ideas?
1: Well, I didn't dive, dive deep into this and they don't give a ton of details, but uh, I think the ratings that they were basing this off of is how much flexibility you have, how much ability you have to work from home, um how much ability you have to, you know, your culture uh, management styles, those kind of things, is what they considered uh, work-life balance elements. So,
0: yeah, no, being a recruiter is an awful job. Nobody, you, <laughs> you, you know, that, this this is so funny because because the attrition rates in recruiting ranks are just ridiculous. The 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 average tenure of a recruiter is about two years, um, and there's no up. Right, it's not a yeah. career where you can go become uh, recruiter class two, or recruiters all become uh, change management supervisors. Uh, there's no, there's no path for a recruiter. Well, so path, it's, it's a, it's a bizarre idea that this is great work-life balance. The reason well, path may not be. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these
1: jobs. It's a burnout job. Yeah, a lot job. of jobs. Path, John. I mean, a lot of these jobs are were sort of jobs. Where if you if you wanted to, you could stay at them forever and not probably move up. That's part of maybe the work life balance conversation, right? Do you have to have a path upward?
0: Oh, oh! So work life balance means no career.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I get it now.
1: <laughs> All right, let's said, move on I from I here because I agree. I agree. This, this is good. Good fun. But but let's. I don't. I think there are people who would disagree on some of that because there are people who. Are doing things in those roles and doing them very effectively, and taking care of their families, and are not always looking to achieve higher and more um, accolades in their in their roles in some cases. But um, we do have a lot of the other things going on. This week, so let's okay, talk a little okay. bit about. Good. What
0: do you want to do? What do you want to do
1: next? Let's talk about ADP I, I, I feel chastised now. Thank yes. you.
0: ADP <laughs> by Group. Does this have to go through some sort of regulatory view? ADP is huge, and they just bought another huge thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know. When I, you know, I was actually a little surprised. This Salergo, uh, the primary um, uh, payroll also uh, as a partner level for Ceridian. This is really putting. I think this is going to have an impact on many of ADP's competitors because Salergo. So this might have been a competitive purchase, right? Um, Uh, They do a lot of the same things, but there is obviously Largo has a broader international um, base um, and they uh, are focusing just aggregating that information. They also have um, more of an international focus from a um, outsourcing perspective as well. So that might also be what ADP was purchasing. But, yeah, I would think there has to be some regulations on this one because this is is a huge um, purchase.
0: So. Yeah, so, so, so Solergo is the secret behind everybody who says they can do um, payroll in 150 mm-hmm. companies. Is that right? They're, they're actually mm-hmm. the only people who can do that.
1: Yeah, so, exactly.
0: So so if you are a user of payroll services, you actually want to know if your payroll service outsources its global capacity to Solergo because that might be under risk now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's the real comment. And, I mean, ADP has been is pretty good at walking that tight line between being a partner as well as a competitor, right? Um, you know, there are a lot of organizations that compete with them and still leverage them as a partner because they are the next biggest organization from a global payroll perspective, right? But Solergo, um is a little bit deeper, I think, in the smaller countries. Um, they have a few more relationships. And for those who maybe don't understand what, a, what an aggregator is, is, you know, most of these sort of payroll companies on the ground in countries, they're sort of country by country, very specific little payroll. Um, they deal with the taxes, they deal with all the regulations, and they run all the payroll inside those countries. And what, you know, Slurgo does is they have a platform, a single sort of technology that sort of links and processes and people. It's probably important to note too, because it's not just the technology that links to all those little in country payroll groups and creates the relationship for making sure that people in those countries get paid appropriately. um, And then the data can all be sucked into a single location. Now, I say that making it sound simple, but I know that there are a lot of organizations that I've talked to that says that you still need to do a lot of negotiating at the country level to get your payroll right, in many cases, because these are individual companies that are running these payrolls. Um, Solargo just has relationships. Uh, and now, you know, Solergo and ADP will be probably in the, in the market. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I would assume they probably are now from a, a global perspective.
0: Wow. Wow. So, what's the next thing? How could there be more news than that?
1: (laughs) How could there be more news than that? Well, I I think uh, the answer is that there is a lot of news. Um, We also um, first I would have to get back to looking at all of my uh, my. uh, It's been quite a morning already. Um, Workday announced completed the hire of Adaptive Insights. Uh, We talked about Adaptive Insights, it's a planning software, business planning software, but this because this is the first time as far as I know that Workday has acquired someone that they are letting continue to stand alone. So this will be Adaptive Insights, a Workday company, sort of similar to the SuccessFactors and SAP company conversation, right? Um, Because they, and they very specifically noted in this announcement that they are ERP agnostic cloud platform. So this is the first for Workday, isn't it, of, of acquiring anybody that they're going to let sort of stand alone away from Workday? Um, it's
0: it's the first. I can't imagine it's the last. That you know, what part of part of what I think is going on here is that that um, Workday is going to take a modified approach to um, ecosystem development compared to people like Ultimate Software or Ceridian. Yeah. Um, and and they're going, to, they're going to make the case that they need to own some of the pivotal pieces of their ecosystem. Um, and that, that makes all the sense in the world, uh, given uh, Workday's emphasis on um, qualifying and certifying the people that they work with. They're, they're much more rigorous about that than anybody else.
1: Yeah, well, this is definitely one way to do it. So I think we'll be hearing more, and it'll be interesting to see how Adaptive Insights continues to grow underneath the workday banner. Um, we're also seeing uh, Bullhorn acquire an Invenius or Invenius. I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. Um, executive Search. Is this something? I mean, Bullhorn is primarily a technology that's for the sort of the outsourced recruiting space and the staffing space, right? So is right. this a big deal from your perspective?
0: Um i don't know I actually i gotta tell you i i don't know um it it's like bullhorn bullhorn has become the legacy company in staffing, and um this is this is a way of keeping them a little bit relevant. You know what happens to legacy companies is they often get yeah. caught behind technical debt and are not able to innovate as rapidly as they can, so Uh, my guess is Invenious is a way of giving Bullhorn energy in non-America markets
1: okay yeah and it seems it's very focused on the executive search and strategic hiring, too, which I think is an uh, important distinction in some cases. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, um, Bullhorn seems to be on a bit of a buying spree in the last couple of years, so I think we're continuing to see that. Um, the other conversation this week is salary.com, merging with comp data. Now, you know these guys pretty well. I I uh, know a lot of comp analysts in this space. I'm sure this will be an interesting um, – and I, I know my comp analyst friends will love this because the, the fewer organizations they have to deal with the better and they all use multiple um organizations to get their salary benchmarks from. But this at least from the from the announcement says that this will become the third largest database of benchmarking uh uh compensation um surveys in the market. Um so what do you think, John? Is this is this going to be? You know, are we going to start to see a, a competition between survey benchmarking for for uh, compensation? Um, oh, I, I think I think that this
0: is you know the compensation survey marketplace has been one of those one of those places where technology didn't really get in. Right, it's still the case that. That a compensation survey often looks like a small ten-page report, right, yeah. on paper, <laughs> um, yep. and and part of Salary.com's hidden business over the years was that they help you manage the inventory of those things and understand when they're up to date and when they're out of date. Uh, now that now that they are a provider, right? They, they used to they used to create data so you could get a salary estimate for any job in the world from from salary.com but you always needed to have a um, uh, confirming estimate from some other place. Now that they can provide the confirming estimate set when you go to salary dot com you may not need to use other sources and I believe with the other two you have to use other sources. And so this is a this is a we're number three, but we've got the software and the uh, um, uh, data resources to take all the business off the table. This is this is a very interesting move in in an area that's underreported but critical to company uh, yeah. strategy.
1: Comp analysts live and die by their. I mean, when I talk to them, you know, everything else goes by the way aside when they don't have good comp data, right, you know, uh, because they, they, especially if they can't get good regional comp data, um, you know, I think the other big ones probably are Mercer, I don't know uh, who else would be on that list, but but these are companies that really hold the strings, in many cases, of a lot of, of large organizations, and, and how much paid, and paid, and what the compensation looks like, and to what the um, you know the the conversation about equality of pay as well these days. So there's a really big I think conversation we had about compensation and salary benchmarking data, um, and we'll probably hear more about it as we start to see these these uh, mergers and acquisitions take place. So.
0: Yeah. So then we go to Culture Amp getting 40 million bucks in Series D funding um, for their. Combination of people analytics and IO psychology.
1: Yeah, Series D. So that's like four funding levels, right? Just to make sure I've counted that correct. So, so that D. Means- Nobody ever gets
0: to Series D. Series yeah, D. Yeah, I was like, Series we, D, we don't
1: hear a lot about, do we? We, <laughs> yeah.
0: we still believe in you, but come on. <laughs> Let's yeah. get the business go. right? That's what Series D means. Series D is. Now-
1: confidence in the there.
0: investors
1: yeah now culture amp says that they're working with 1500 companies and that's a pretty big jump up i mean last time i talked to them, it was a couple hundred so it's been a while since i've done a briefing with them um but but their expansion here they said they're raising money um you know to expand in uh, a couple of different areas but they weren't very specific on this um modernization of what they're doing dedicated to building their own for the first company and scale. I, I mean, you know, they smell a little bit, I mean, do you think, you know, is there big enough business in cultural conversation to have a, a standalone platform in that space?
0: Oh, you know, you, you know, what? that's, um, it's still early morning, and my language is a little sparse. <laughs> but, but, but if I say there's an expletive involved here, that's, that, that, that should be enough. Culture Amp is an assessment company. Yeah. Um, and, and to pretend that it's something other than an assessment company is, I think, what you have to do to raise money these days. Yeah. But, 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 but they're really talking about delivering um, assessment instruments of some kind to, um, to the organization and then having analytics about what that means. Right. And yeah. so, so, so it's a, it, it solves a piece of pain that some companies have, which is that they don't feel like their employees are properly engaged and so you go find out what's wrong with the employees you do personality assessments on them and then you try to rearrange things and that's the business the culture is in um and and of course there's a market a thousand companies um you you know it's it's pretty useful to notice that the thousand companies um, um doesn't mention size yeah uh, right so so a thousand companies is maybe a business maybe not a business there are there are several app contracting systems that have thousands and thousands of companies but can't make any money uh, uh, so 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 this is interesting I've never been um particularly enthralled with the culture Amp, um, approach uh but 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 there, but there could be something here. Forty million bucks means somebody believes in
1: them. Yeah, some, somebody, somebody does. And and I do think, You know, there are a lot of. You know, culture is an important conversation, and I think understanding the reality of it is more important than than thinking that you can make changes without really knowing what it is. But um, there, there, I think there, there's a place. Is the question is, is is it a is it standalone or do you fit in with a lot of other things? It's part of that change management conversation. The other thing that caught my eye was $140 million for Gusto. Now, have you run across Gusto previously? They're an SMB um, payroll and HR platform, but but I've only seen their name once or twice before, and I was pretty surprised to see this much money in in this space. But um, they're one of those organizations that put their information out online, pay-as-you-go, for very SMB organizations.
0: Yeah. So, so the payroll business, I mean, if I, if I were, um, uh, so inclined, I'd be quite jealous of ADP's business. They, they have uh, something like 30% of gross domestic product flows through their coffers every year. Um, um, they don't they don't get to declare it as revenue, but they handle the money, which means that there's this incredible float that that makes all sorts of things possible. Um, and And if I were out there looking at things to do, I'd be tempted to go after the payroll business because of that. And the problem with the payroll business is that you have to have right in order for me to use you as a payroll provider, I have to give you my money so that you can give it to my people, yeah. right? And that little bit of trust there where where the moment I give you the money, you can run away um, um, is is the thing that prevents payroll companies from growing. And so, so the business of having a large backing makes it easier to say to somebody, well, of course we can handle your money. We don't need to steal it because we've got this great big pile of our own. Um, and and that, that will help them. That, that will help them in the markets that they're after, because they're doing SMB. SMB means people like you and I, who have small businesses, um, have to trust them for them for them to be able to grow. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, so, and so this and is you're great right. news
0: for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, this, and and that's an interesting way to look at it. You know, I, I it's been a long time since I've looked at the, the SMB payroll market, but, you know, it, the idea of trust is such an important component in it. Um, so maybe last but not least, for sort of wrapping up the call, but we did also get another investment in a wellness health benefits uh, group called League. League um, is an online platform that focuses on reducing the strain of managing health benefits. Now, what's sort of interesting is that they're raising $62 million in Series B funding But the round, or or wait a minute, sorry, they are raising 47.1 million Series B, um, but they had had raised um, 62 million, and the round was led by Telus Ventures. um, uh, And uh, there's a lot of Canadian investment here. This is a uh, Telus is a Canadian organization, and their investment here is in focusing on improving benefits. in the U S market as well as the uh, Canadian market. And so the organization is going to use the funding. It looks like to open new offices in New York and London and other international places. Um, This organization is interesting because they, they feel like they're going to completely overhaul how people think about their employee benefits in a mobile access platform way. So it'll be interesting to watch. They're getting more money here.
0: Well, and, and, And the benefits business is well, you, you know I, I don't know if you followed this, but benefits brokers down in the SMB sectors are starting to be primary providers of HR technology, mm-hmm. um, and and they're doing that. They're giving away um, all sorts of HR tech uh, because the benefits. Business itself, the the insurance checks, the cash flow associated with benefits yeah. is so extraordinary that it's worth having giveaways like that. The thing that that has my attention about league is that um, um, they offer analytics that help companies design plans so that they can improve improve employee morale with benefits programs.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: it's my understanding I, I subscribe to to Herzberger's um, uh, motivation, demotivation theory about uh, HR things. So so things that can um, motivate include challenge and work assignments and, and that sort of things. So and things that can only demotivate include payroll and benefits, right? You don't get a bang in employee morale because you now could get eyeglasses on your healthcare. Um, you get prevention of demotivation at yeah. best at best um and so and so it's a, it's an interesting premise it's just, it's as if they don't know about that
1: yeah and and, and i'm not sure I completely i i mean i get what you're saying but i i i think you know what we're is that health care and benefits in those cases are becoming so complex and so challenging in every market, whether you're, whether it's in a country where, you know, the country itself is paying for health care, or whether it's, you know, here in the United States where we have a, a mixed bag of, of healthcare care benefit models. Um, people are starting to, ha- it is having an impact on sort of how effectively, I think, and get their work done in some cases. Um, and, you know, it used to be that it was pretty simple, but things have gotten very complex. Now we're being asked to understand better which hospitals have better, you know, pricing and if your hospital's in-network what in network and not in-network and you could get a huge... I mean, when those kind of things are, are taking up time in your day... Um, you, you can't be spending them on work. So so engagement, I guess, depends on how you look at it and motivation, but uh, it sure would feel better if a lot of that stuff was easier to take care of. So I, I, I get where they're coming from from that.
0: Good, good. It's, I think it's funny that a Canadian company is, is uh, offering the capacity to manage health care benefits in the United States. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I know. It took me a while to read through this because I'm like I'm like they're not putting a new office in Canada but and, and then there was there's this, this comment in the memos that we are hoping that, you know, over time they will create better ways to manage benefits and we can leverage that in Canada. And I'm like, hmm so basically the US is a test market. <laughs> so <laughs> Hey, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, You gotta
0: love that. Okay, well what a great show today.
1: Yeah. Thanks, so We went much, through Stacey. a lot of the news. Yeah, and talked about change management. A lot of things going on this week. So uh, it, it's only going to get better from here this, this year. And we'll have lots of exciting stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks.
0: So, what a fantastic show. Thanks for doing this, Stacey. And we will we'll talk to you next week. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. See you next week.
1: Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.